0: Everybody, welcome to this joint podcast of Lockdown Jaguars and Lockdown Packers. I'm Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union. Bill Huber is joining me on the phone, or Skype from uh, Packer Report up in Green Bay. I put the Jaguars first, Bill, because they're the home team. But uh, well, you know, I think it's going to be the Packers first if they win the game on Sunday. How, how's it going up there this week?
1: It's uh, it's like Jacksonville weather here. It was, uh, it's hot and humid, and then they. Practice inside today with the, with the doors and windows closed, so it was just a sauna inside. So they're doing the best to get ready for Jacksonville. Cool.
0: Packers made – we'll start off with some of the, the news of the week before we look ahead to the game. The Packers made some news on Saturday. It got the Jaguars' attention because their fans want, wanted to be interested in Josh Sitton. For the Jaguar fans listening, uh, take us through what uh, Ted Thompson's decision was on that.
1: I have no idea what Ted Thompson's decision was. Obviously, obviously, they released him. But Thompson talks to us throughout training camp, but he stops before the cuts. So it's, it's the damnedest thing where the GM doesn't have to explain any of his roster moves. So, you know, I don't know, to be honest, what happened there. You could say one was production, and if you look at last year, he gave up six and a half sacks, according to stats. Now, his last five years combined, or his previous five years combined, he gave up six. So the sack count was way up. He gave up a career-high Number of holding penalties, so you could say it's production, or you could say it's other things too. Where the Packers told him that he is not their priority to resign, and I think there's a feeling that they're worrying that his attitude might go a little bit south. And you know, Green Bay's all about the locker room, and anything that messes with that locker room is is not good. And so I, I'm wondering if maybe that's part of it too. I know the other veteran guard T.J. Lang kind of disagreed with that notion, but look, you don't get you don't get rid of good guys for no reason.
0: So now it's the Lane Taylor show. Uh, expectations of him going into camp, and is he, do you think he's going to be up to, up to the task?
1: Wow. And it, he started twice last year, including once at left guard when they, when they put sitting on a left tackle against the Vikings, and he played pretty darn good in that game. The last preseason game against the Chiefs, he was terrible. He got three penalties, including two for holding. He gave up a sack on a, on a light blitz. I don't know. I, I thought the guy was on a roster bubble heading into, into cut down Saturday and said he's a starting left guard. So, you know, last year he started twice. In the 11 previous games, he was an active nine times and didn't play in the two others. So, not a whole lot of track record here.
0: Wow. Also, with the Packers, one thing that popped out when I was looking at their stats, and this is you probably have written about this ad nauseum, is the passing game last year. Uh, tied for 25th in the league. With Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, and it wasn't because of a lot of turnovers, but you know, has has that been a, a major talking point during camp in terms of can they return to the productive ways they they didn't have last year?
1: Yeah, this is yeah, this is all kind of wishing and hoping here on Jordy Nelson, as I think everybody in the world knows, he tore his ACL in the in the preseason last year, so he missed the entire season. And Nelson, a he's one of the best deep threats in the league. In 2014 he had more catches of or more touchdowns of 59 plus yards than 30 of the other 31 teams had 59 yard passing plays total. So he's a one man big play machine from that perspective and then B, they they didn't have anybody else to stretch the field. So I mean you don't need to go to the defensive coordinator school to figure out what to do, right? I mean you, you just you you know swarm the line of scrimmage, you take away the underneath passing game, you take away the run game and you know Green Bay's offense was lost at that point in so Nelson's back. He's barely practiced it all up until last week. So he's back. They signed Jared Cook, a big play tight end away from the Rams. So now they have two big play threats, and I think the feeling is that those two things will get the offense back to where it's been. Do
0: you think Jordy Nelson will be on a pitch count Sunday?
1: I would assume so, but McCarthy on Monday said that he's full bore, and Nelson wasn't going to talk about it, but look, the, the guy... He basically practiced for two weeks. He had no preseason games. It's going to be hot and humid. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing 70 snaps. I would think, you know, they're a, they're a no-huddle team where they don't substitute in series. So I would think, you know, maybe he plays half the series and gets 50 snaps out of it. It would be, would be my guess. But that's just based on, really based on nothing.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned Jared Cook, and I was going to ask you about him. Is Predominantly, the Packers last year were 11 personnel, so three receivers and one tight end. Do you think you'll see Cook and Rodgers on the field at the same time, and, and what kind of options does that give Mike McCarthy?
1: Yeah, I think they will. I mean, you hate to base anything on the preseason, because that's just kind of stupid, but they they did do a lot of two, two tight end stuff during the preseason. So I, I think that's an option for them. You know what, they've got a lot of options, because they kept seven receivers on the roster. So they got seven receivers, they got two tight ends. I think they can go a lot of different routes based on, A, what's working, B, what the matchups are, hot hands, but you know, Richard Rodgers caught a lot of touchdowns last year, and, and Jared Cook, who was up and down throughout his career, has been, been absolutely fantastic in training camp.
0: Is, Randall Cobb is an interesting guy. He had a, a huge 2014 season as, as, as riding shotgun with Nelson. Numbers went down a little bit, and the Jaguars were definitely interested in talking to him if he would have hit the market last uh, two marches ago. Now with Nelson back in the fold, what, what kind of uh, – return the form, do you expect from Cobb?
1: Yeah, you know, I think of all the guys on the team, I think he was hurt the most by the Nelson injury just because of what I said before, where if you don't worry about the deep game, you just choke off the underneath stuff. And he's he's an underneath receiver. He's not a deep threat guy. He's a guy who you, you throw for six yards and he turns into 15. And, I, you know, he just got, A, he was double covered a bit, whether whether it was straight up double coverage or, you know, a safety kind of being there or the linebacker kind of being in the area. I think defense is just, took him out of the loop and I, I would, I would expect him to bounce back. And, you know, plus he was hurt for a lot of last year too, with the shoulder injury where, you know, he couldn't beat press coverage. He had, he struggled with, with yak. So I, I, I would assume that he's gonna have a good bounce back here as well.
0: One more on offense. I want to ask about Eddie Lacy. Is this a, is it a week to week proposition with his conditioning or is he maybe seen the light a little bit entering his free agent year?
1: Yeah, I think he's seen the light. I mean, I mean, you said it free agent year, you know, He's he's only playing for millions of dollars, right? I mean, so whatever motivation that he lacked last year, I think he's gotten spades this year. I mean, I don't know how smaller he looks. I mean, he looks like he's he's still a big guy, but he's shown that burst through the hole. He's you know he's he's tried to help some spin moves. He's he had a really good preseason, and you know, again, I think it goes back to the Nelson stuff last year too, where, where yeah, he was overweight and that didn't help. But you know, Green Bay would play three receivers last year. And defenses didn't care. They played base defense against three receivers. where So Green Bay was outman the box. So you know, I, I think he was impacted in the way, too. So again, I think the Nelson impact there and just the rejuvenated Lacy should get him going again, too. I think this offense is going to be really, really good, assuming the old line holds up.
0: Sure. Uh, let's flip it over to defense. and we're li- You're listening to a, a joint podcast of Locked On Jaguars. on Ryan O'Halloran and Locked On Packers with Bill Huber from Packer Report. Ask you a couple of defense and we'll turn the tables and let you ask me about the Jaguars. Um, this Packer defense, BJ Raji, I guess you're calling maybe a sabbatical, maybe not a retirement yet. They drafted Kenny Clark. Um, who's probably their best option playing that nose tackle spot Sunday?
1: Well, they play <laughs> their their best option is to play nickel and not worry about it. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, actually, you know, Latroy Gaines, a veteran guy and he's probably better on the nose, but you know, like every team in the league, they just just play nickel 75% of the time anyway, so I don't don't know if it's a big deal, but I think D-line determines the fate of this team. They've got Mike Daniels is a really, really good player. The Troy Guyon's pretty darn good, so that's two. Number three is Kenny Clark, their first-round pick. Number four is Dean Lowry, their fourth-round pick. Um, Number five at this point is Christian Ringo, who didn't play last year. He's on the practice squad because uh, Mike Pinnell was suspended for four games, so they're going into the season with two guys who've ever played a football game on the defensive line, and then it's two rookies and a practice squad guy running up the D line. And, you know, Mike McCarthy did his best to spin it where they're going to be fine with the weather. But, you know, if these rookies aren't good enough, and I, I have no idea if they're good enough, but if Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry aren't good enough, then Mike Daniels and LaTroy Giner are going to melt like a Slurpee on Sunday, and they're going to be screwed. I think the whole, this whole team. Revolves around those young D linemen, maybe, maybe not week one, maybe not week eight, but being good enough at the end of the season to be more than just guys playing football, but to actually be guys who can, you know, beat a block and make a difference. You know, Clark missed two preseason, game, preseason games with his back. He says he's ready to go, but I have no idea about the defensive line, and you know how it is. D line's a tough position to play. Uh,
0: Matthews and Peppers uh, on the outside, what kind of preseason do they have, and, and what do you. what? In terms of how much do, are they going to play on Sunday?
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know Julius Peppers is now a basically a situational pass rusher. They're starting tandem as Matthews and Nick Perry. Perry's a <coughs> excuse me a Rockham Sockham tough guy who you know he he had three sacks in the playoffs, but you know, he's a really good run defender. And then when it's time to go rush the passer, they'll they've got a million options whether it's. Julius Pepper's on the outside, or Pepper's going to play, you know, defensive tackle basically as an interior rusher. They get, they've got a lot of options, but again, it's, it's up to that D-line. Can the D-line stop the run? So it's actually third and ten rather than third and two, so that's the big key. But they've got a million outside linebackers, and Matthews looks at home back on the outside after playing inside for the last year and a half.
0: Blake Martinez is a rookie. Um, were you surprised by his emergence?
1: Um, yeah, in a way. Um... You know, for the last two drafts, inside linebacker has been, from a media perspective, been a priority. And instead, in '15, they drafted Jake Ryan in the fourth round, and then in this year, they drafted Martinez in the fourth round. So they've been devoted a lot of resources to it. But he is their every-down linebacker. He's, you know, he's going to play in dime and he's playing special teams. The guy's going to play 80 snaps a game. He's, uh, you know, hate to go with the Stanford guy being smart. That that whole cliche there, but he's a really smart guy. He's instinct. He's instinctive. He's he's good against the pass. The question is: is can he hold up against the running game? You no, know, not just in the first quarter, but on, on snap number sixty, he, can he hold up on on third and three or first and ten? That's that's the question that he's got to answer. I I don't know the answer to that right now.
0: Sure. And moving to the secondary, it's you know Sam Shields, Demarius Randall. Do you think one of them has put on Allen Robinson, or is it Dom Capers' philosophy to play sides?
1: They've done a little of each over the years, so I, I I would say that Shields has played, Sam Shields is their best corner, he's played nothing but one side in training camp, but he has matched in the past, and against some of their best receivers they faced last year, he didn't match. So that'll be interesting. Um, you know, Robinson's size, I, I think, presents some issues there. Um, you know, you know, a guy who hasn't played a whole lot is Ladarius Gunter. He's kind of their fourth corner, but he's the one guy they got who's you know big and strong. And I, I wonder if he might get more of a run than he has in the preseason. It'd be interesting to see how they go there. They've got they've got a lot of options at corner. It's a it's a pretty good group. Sure.
0: Wrap it up on my end, Bill. Is expectations? I think the NFC North opened up with Bridgewater's injury. I thought the Packers were the favorite even before then. Today is it? What's the confidence level? I mean, I'm sure the city expects Super Bowl, but is this what kind of uh, what kind of team is this?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you're right. It is Super Bowl or bust because this is. I think they've gone seven years in a row of the playoffs. It's it's kind of old hat going the playoffs, and I, I'm sure your fans are going. God, I like to go to the playoffs once, but I mean, it's it's old hat among the fans here, and it's really Super Bowl or bust. And you know, even when they got rid of Sitton, they had four of their five offensive linemen. We're going into free agency, so now it's now it's down to only three. <laughs> yeah. And you know, this is a team that's got long term probably has some cap problems because they've, they've you know, because been, they're a good team, so they have to, they've had to pay their guys, so they got a lot of a lot of high ticket guys, and it really is. I don't want to say this is their last chance, and the window's closed, but it's not this year because if you got a quarterback, you've always got a chance. But it's a really good offensive line, and, you, and old lineman became really expensive this off season, and, and you wonder who comes back. And if you're filling in gaps here next year where you're taking steps back. So I, it, this really is, if it's not their last chance, it's, it's their, you know, from, for maybe the next two or three years, this is their, their best shot to make a run at it. It really is. And I, I, think, I think anything less than a Super Bowl is a disappointment. I, I can see that they don't make it because of the D-line stuff we've talked about, but there's no reason why they can't get there. Really, there's really not. Sure, sure.
0: Great stuff, Bill. Um, you're listening to a joint podcast. Uh, Locked on Jaguars. I'm Ryan O'Heller of the Florida Times-Union. Locked on Packers. Bill Huber from Packer Report. Bill, the floor is yours.
1: Alright, Ryan. I'm a, Mike McCarthy calls me stats guy, so I, I mean, stats are my bread and butter here. Well, oh, great. Blake Bortles threw for a million yards. Exactly a million. I looked it up. He threw for, so, and I saw you know he in the, in the NFL Network's top 100 list, which you can take or leave, but he ranked highly in that. Who in the heck is Blake Bortles? Because obviously Packer fans haven't seen him.
0: Sure. Um, Jaguars took him third overall in 2014, and they said publicly, well, he's going to be a redshirt year. Um, and people believed it. And, but internally, they're hoping to get half a season out of Chad Henney two years ago. That didn't happen. Blake started playing halfway through Game 3, and he hasn't missed a snap ever since. He took some lumps that first year, but I think he benefited from it. Last year, 35 touchdowns, tied for uh, second in the NFL, 18 interceptions, uh, most in the NFL. He threw one extra one against Houston, and I was paid man, he would have shared that with him. So what Bortles is, is, is the comparison he hears a lot, and it's totally appropriate, is Ben Roethlisberger. He's a big guy, 240, 245, 6'5", he's going to throw some picks because he likes to extend the play, but he knows how to. He knows when to slide. He knows when to avoid pressure. He's been sacked a million times over the last year and a half, year and three quarters, and I can only remember one big hit he's taken either as a scrambler or as a uh, pocket passer. So, I think he's only benefited from the year of lumps he took in 2014. And this year, I think the key is going to be uh, turnovers. He had a couple red zone uh, turnovers, but he had four pick sixes. Those are game changers. Mm-hmm. So if um, he's had a, he's had his best camp. Packer fans, when you watch Bortles on Sunday, he doesn't throw a lot of spirals, but he likes taking shots downfield. He is going to throw 50-50 balls to Allen Robinson all day, and it's up to the Packer defensive backs to knock those passes down.
1: I was going to ask you about the interceptions there. Have you seen some strides there? Because if you look at Green Bay's history, they pick off a million passes. If you look at their corners – since Dom Capers took over in 0-9, their corner group has, I think, 16 more interceptions than any other group in the league. So, what, what, regardless of whether it's been Charles Woodson or Sam Shields, they go get the ball. So, what 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 have you seen in training camp and preseason to make you think that it might change?
0: Well, he's pretty clean. Um, he's you know he's he's been pretty smart in terms of you know if he if he makes a throw, only his guy can catch it. Whereas, but maybe, you know he's been more uh, consistent with his accuracy. And it's weird because he throws the deep ball great, but he had to improve his accuracy on the intermediate stuff. Instead of throwing it behind a guy or too high and gets a hand on it, that's how interceptions happen. And you know, one of the things he, he needed, to, he knew he needed to improve on was coverages, reading coverages. So he can't, you know, if he can be, you know, he was probably baited a lot first year and a half. Um, they feel he's made some strides there. So, but but I think that you know the protection has to hold up. You know, he'd love to throw you know a pump, pump and go, but also you know, if the protection doesn't hold up, he's gonna be in trouble.
1: That receiver core is really good. Can you introduce us to uh to Robinson or Hearns and those guys?
0: Sure. And they needed to rebuild this receiver core in the two thousand fourteen draft. So night one they took Bortles over uh Sammy Watkins, had turned out to be the right pick. Night two, they were sitting there in the second round, they took Marquise Lee. They were surprised he mm-hmm. was available from USC. They waited 25 picks. They couldn't believe Alan Robinson was still on board, so they traded one of their extra fourth rounders, moved into the late second, got Alan Robinson. Two days later, they signed Alan Hearns, who went undrafted. Talk about an inex- inexact science. Right.
1: So,
0: Hearns has been consistent through his two years, 16 touchdowns. Robinson fought a foot injury that uh, cost him the last six games uh, if his rookie year, but Last year, Hearns and Robinson both emerged. Uh, they, they play off each other. If one is getting safety help, the other one's one-on-one, they're going to take advantage of that. You know, Robinson is athletically pretty awesome. Uh, he's not going to outrun a lot of guys, but that's not his game. He can get downfield. He can you know win the jump ball. Hearns, you could see him a little bit in the slot, depending on how they use Marquise Lee, who's been plagued by injuries the last two years. So it's... Uh, Hearns and Robinson, both over a thousand last year. They really complement each other well. Blake Bortles has a ton of trust in both of them.
1: You uh, you mentioned the offensive. The, you mentioned the sack count from Bortles a while ago. Um, I would say spent some money on, at left tackle there. Green Bay's got a really good pass rush. Is that is that a? Do you think they've cleaned up that spot from last year? The the uh, the O line group.
0: They should be worried uh, because left tackle Kelvin Beachum tore an ACL for Pittsburgh last October. Mm-hmm. He started practicing in camp, but he had to take about two-and-a-half, three weeks off and just continue his rehab. We, as When the practices were open to the media, we did not see him do one-on-one one, one drill. Uh, our only sample size is 23 snaps against Cincinnati in the third preseason game. Held up okay. Him at left tackle, they moved Luke Joko to left guard. He's played 23 snaps at left guard. So this is, and it's a new center, Brandon Linder. He was their best lineman two years ago at right guard shoulder injury last year so he moved the center because they feel center after left tackle is the most important position so you have five guys that haven't played a lot together and I think what you're going to see is you're going to see Marseille Lewis as the tight end be that six pass protector you're going to see T.J. Yeldon chip in on the outside edge rushers and I think maybe a lot of quick throws early because right now this line you just don't know how they're going to hold up.
1: Helps run the ball right? I mean, you got Yeldon, you signed Chris Ivory. On paper, it looks like a pretty darn good run game. And, you know, the Green Bay's run defense has not been good the last few years. And, you know, I hit on their D-line being a major sore spot.
0: Sure. And I think that's the most pleasant development for the Jaguar offense coming out of the preseason is their run game. Yeldon last year, not a lot of blocking help, but he probably would have hit a 1,000 yards if he didn't sprain his MCL and miss the last three games. They signed Ivory. They don't call it a luxury buy. I call it a luxury buy because – you have the cap space because you've been terrible. See you <laughs> splurge on a position. Not a lot of teams have this kind of one-two punch. So I think Yeldon started the first three preseason games. I think they're going to have equal snap counts, but Ivory will get more carries because TJ Yeldon is their third down guy, good at pass protection, good as a receiver out of the backfield. But, yeah, I mean, you, you hit it. If they can run it, what this offense wants to be, they want to be play action, take shots downfield, and you set that up with the run game.
1: All right, this is Bill Huber from Packer Report. Ryan O'Halloran from the Florida Times Union. And let's go to the defense here in this Locked On podcast network here. The defense is full of new faces. It's full of big names, full of draft picks. Um, on paper, it looks like it's got a chance to be pretty good. I know I know it was a pretty poor unit last year. I, I would think it's got a chance to be pretty darn good, though, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, they were terrible last year. There's only one way to go. It's up They're 30th in points. But to give Packer fans a rundown, New coordinator, Todd Wash promoted from defensive line coach. Dante Fowler, back from the knee injury. Yanni Kangakwe, the second pass rusher, third-round pick. Malik Jackson, the big free agent signing. Jalen Ramsey, fifth overall pick. He's their number one corner. Tayshawn Gibson from Cleveland to play free safety. Miles Jack, probably not going to play that big of a role on defense, I don't think, right away. Uh, but a lot of new names, and it's just a matter of, okay, can they get a four-man pass rush? Consistently, which they weren't able to do in the preseason, because ideally they'd like to play some man coverage on the outside, but also a lot of cover three. And if they can't get that four-man pass rush, they're going to have to leave the middle of the field pretty open by blitzing those linebackers.
1: How's Fowler looked? I mean, to get it, to get him, it's like having a having a bonus pick there.
0: Yeah, he started out great in camp, um, winning his share of matchups. He hit a wall uh, midway through camp. Tampa Bay came in here for two practices. And he struggled. Uh, he sort of found out that it, you're not going to get a sack once a day every day in the NFL, and for then didn't, didn't do a lot in the Tampa Bay game, and they're not calling him a benching, but I am against Cincinnati, and Gakwe started for him, said, and Todd Wash said publicly, "Hey, got to be Fowler's got to become a better student in the game. He's got to learn how to watch tape on his own." Uh, hopefully, for his sake, that was a wake-up call. Um, athletically, it's all there. He's a speed rusher. He's impressed with power. He hasn't had a ton of chances to play the run yet because he didn't play a lot. But he needs to be their best pass rusher. They they, they offered Olivier Vernon a ton of money, opening day of free agency. Vernon signed with the Giants, and they didn't w- they waited until the third round of the draft uh, in Gakpo. So Dante Fowler's got to be good right away.
1: You know, you, you hit on Jack and minute ago. If you mean it's it's not exactly a who's who list on at linebacker. Um, I guess. What, what do you think of that starting trio you got now, and, and how long until Jack becomes part of the uh, part of the answer there? Do you think?
0: Well, if it was up to Jaguar fans, he'd be playing all three positions at
1: once.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, he had a, he missed he missed the entire offseason, and I think Blake Martinez was in the same boat because of the class schedule. Right. So Miles was only here for two mini camp practices, so he had to play uphill a little bit. Right now they feel that their best three linebackers on base downs are Paul Posluszny in the middle, Telvin Smith on the weak side, Dan Scoot on the strong side. When they go into nickel, maybe they give uh, Miles Jackson nickel will snaps with Posluszny, take Telvin off the field. So I mean they're treating Miles like they would a normal second round pick that okay, we're not going to just throw you out there, um, but he learned the Mike position in camp and now he's working at weak side in practice. So I mean, he's going to play eventually. If I were the Jaguars, I would make sure he had a package of plays against the Packers just so he can get his feet wet. But I'd be more surprised if he played 25 snaps than if he played five snaps on Sunday.
1: Okay. Obviously, if you're playing Aaron Rodgers, you better have some corners. And again, on paper, looks good. Devon House had a had a fantastic year for the Jaguars last year. What, what a franchise record for passes broken up. And Jalen Ramsey in the first round and, and Prince and Mookumura in free agency. Again, it looks like a pretty darn good trio there.
0: It is, and Jalen Ramsey is their top corner right now, and he's going to move inside in nickel most likely. Uh, Devon House, him or Prince of Nakamura, it depends. You know, they haven't decided who's going to start. You know, but, but like Green Bay's offense, they're going to run so much nickel; it doesn't really make a difference, I don't think. But you know, Ramsey is pretty eye popping when he's out there. You notice when you notice him when he's out there in terms of how he can tackle, how he can cover. So. They've, they've rebuilt this secondary. Devon House, obviously the former Packer, came here, started 15 games last year, played in every game. Um, last year, he was the only guy on this team that would be willing to take a gamble. Um, that's how he got some of those picks. Other guys would play off. They'd be so afraid to get beat deep. They'd give up a eight-yard pass on third and nine and get you know, first down two yards later. So I think Amukamara has been a surprising camp, the former Giant. He's cagey. He's pretty savvy for you know because he's a veteran. He knows how to get away with some extra contact. So you can really you could really tell that at uh, sideline level. So they're in good shape at corner, and that's without Aaron Colvin, who's out four games with a suspension.
1: Is his House? I mean, I guess you kind of hit on this a second ago, but is his House really blossomed into a a frontline corner? Because he he never got to that stage. Here it was always he was always the third guy, the fourth guy, and he would tease a little bit. Then he get hurt and take a step back. He never really had that breakthrough performance. It was did he have that last year, or those numbers based on just getting a bunch of passes thrown his way?
0: Well, probably some of both, but I mean, I thought he was pretty solid. I mean, you know, his he stayed healthy the whole year, so he he played more snaps than he ever had. Um, maybe I think close to a thousand snaps, and you know, he he got challenged, but also he covered a lot of the best guys because there wasn't anybody else to to cover him. So he took some lumps, gave up some touchdowns, and you know, he sort of rode with it. You know, is he at, uh, is he a number one in this league? No. Is he a number two on a really good team? Probably a two B, but he's the Jaguars number two. And uh, so he'll be out there a lot. But he he started off not great last year, but he sort of I think he found his second win early in the season and he was pretty impressive.
1: Okay. And once again, this is Ryan O'Allorin from the Florida Times Union and Lockdown Jaguars. Bill Huber from Packer Report and Locked On Packers. My last question for you was the expectations there. I looked at uh sport track yesterday and what do you guys spend 220 million dollars on free agents are you guys 220 million dollars better
0: ah, probably not um the expectations nationally are a lot different than the local media here i picked this team to go seven and nine i still think they have some issues they you don't know what they're going to get out of their their defensive end spot with two rookies being uh, basically being have to be their best pass rushers Offensively, I think they're going to score points. Uh, Despite the upheaval in the offensive line, this passing game was too good to be shut down on a regular basis. Defensively, that's where the issue is. Can all these pieces come together? Can they get on the same page? First four games, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Joe Flacco, and Andrew Luck. That's before the bye. If they can manage to get two wins out of that, then they'll have some confidence going into the rest of the season. One and three, that means they survived it. But the disaster... On Sunday would be getting rolled by Green Bay, and then that could could start an zero and four start. I think they're going to go one and three in the first four. They're going to beat both uh, beat Indianapolis and London, but uh, I think still they need to solidify their offensive line. One more draft, one more free agent free agent period. If Gus Bradley gets seven eight wins, he'll get a fifth year, and I think they could be on the road to some good things in the AFC South.
1: Is this a is this a Jaguars home game or is Green Bay taking over?
0: Ah. Well, it's sold out uh, the single game tickets are sold out I think it's gonna be I mean shoot we're guessing here but it's gonna be pretty close to 5050 I wouldn't be surprised if there are more Green Bay fans first time in eight years they've visited here I thought for sure this game was going to be in London uh, so but I think a lot of Packer fans are gonna have you know gobbled up those tickets but it's uh, I think it's gonna be a pretty cool atmosphere
1: very good Ryan what do you got winning
0: I got the Packers winning. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm still working on a score, but I think it could be Packers 31-24. How about you?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about the same thing, too. I was thinking about, about the same score. My question with Green Bay is, though, is Rodgers barely playing the preseason? Jordy Nelson didn't play in the preseason. Their whole line is shaking up without the sit and stuff. They, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of uncertainty.
0: Hey, we made it to 30 minutes. This is like an all-time record for me. I don't know about you, Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nobody wants more than 15 minutes of me, so that, I'm glad you carried the load.
0: But it, it worked out great, and uh, this is great insight. Uh, we're going to sign off Bill Huber from Packer Report. I'm Ryan O'Halloran for the Florida Times-Union. Take care.
1: The
0: list.